Hey, friends. Hey, friends. We're back. Mutual Victory's back. <laughs> Start a lot of podcasts that way. We do. Lots of hiatuses. Well, life does things. <laughs> sure does, doesn't it? Oh, really? Well, yeah. Are you surprised that I would love a groove and to stick to it for a little bit? Well, honey, we're, we're embarking upon a long groove for you. Yeah, I guess. Embrace the chaos. Embrace the chaos. So we just went to Ireland. So we're definitely going to talk about that today. <laughs> like that's one of four topics we have. <laughs> that was it. And uh, do you have a check-in? Front desk? Front desk. <laughs> no. I okay. have no front desk. I have no random segue James Bond type openings. Yeah. I got nothing really. Okay. Although, I mean, maybe I do. We need to start watching The Mandalorian. Season three is out. Or started to drop. And we haven't watched it yet. Okay. And here's why, especially. Because I just can't stay away from any sort of spoiler. So one thing I did see is that there is a scene where there's going to be a flashback of Grogu's rescue. Like we sort of see it in like last season. We see glimpses of like Order 66 and the Jedi Temple. And I think there's another season of that. Like, we see the Jedi that actually takes him and does something. And the actor that's playing that Jedi is Imad Best, who played Jar Jar Binks. Oh. Yeah. But it's like, I didn't care for Jar Jar Binks. I didn't care for the that movie he was in. But, like, I feel terrible because he was, like, bullied and harassed online to the point where he was like suicidal oh, like God. he was severely depressed yeah oh yeah the backlash from that was just horrible and i feel bad for him because he's just doing what's on the script he's doing what the director asks and he got a lot of that which i feel like terrible he's like i just did what george lucas wanted um but there's just been nothing but love for his like return to the star wars universe and this awesome role that he gets to kind of play and it's just sweet i just love it okay so that was all i mean i gotta say that i wasn't as enamored with the mandalorian as i was um hmm, yep don't remember even the name of the show <laughs> what show was this a star wars show yes. the book of boba fett no <laughs> andor 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 was the best so far, you seem in my to opinion. Really like Andor. I mean, I'm a big like rebellion right fan. Yeah. So, like anything that has to do with like the resistance, mm-hmm. the the origin of the resistance, like I'm sucked in immediately. It's a little bit. <clears throat> I mean, of course, Grogu. Like, yeah, all of that was cuteness, and I uh, I like the actor i like the characters it's it's just like bounty hunters are hard for me to be like yeah about um so so it sounds like i'm excited i'm gonna put this into language that you'll definitely know oh okay there are three different types of role-playing games (laughs) that fantasy flight made about star wars Uh there's edge of the empire which is like you're the smugglers, you're the bounty hunters. You're yeah. going into places like, you know, most Eisley and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's Age of Rebellion that's like classic 
Rebellion versus Empire. Love it. And then there's Force and Destiny, which is all Jedi. Which I also love. Yeah, I think if I had to pick one that you would like the best, it would be Age of Rebellion. Probably. So anything I'm definitely yeah. like right. So any blow up the anything Empire. like that is is any show, any movie that has that angle, you would like the most. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I aspire for all of the towards all of the Jedi energy, of course, and long to be that and in probably uh my heart and clarity and alignment, I'm I wanna be the Jedi, right? Mm. And yet, but you get lightsabers, and you get yeah, lightsabers, and true. of course, all of those things. The part that like super teeters over into like the Zen Buddhism of like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, trust that it all is exactly as it will be, kind of stuff. I'm like, yes, and sometimes you have to blow up the stormtroopers. Yeah, for me, it comes down to would I would I rather have a lightsaber or fly an X wing? <laughs> I mean, I would definitely rather have a lightsaber. Seems like a lot of responsibility. Do you have a lightsaber? Yeah, mm, I guess. <laughs> I don't have any desire to. Maybe I'll navigate the X wing. Doesn't really need. They don't really one, need though. a navigator. Yeah, they have a protocol. Uh, I'll hang out and play in the back for that. I'll hang out and play games in the back. There really is no back to an X wing. <laughs> more <laughs> okay fine so That's you all. didn't have a you didn't have a front desk and yet we apparently needed to check in about star Wars. well yeah that was the only thought i had about mm-hmm. that i just saw that and i liked it because poor guy and now i get to do this awesome scene in the show mm-hmm. where he's a jedi doing badass things so i liked it i mean i like this clip that i saw i can't wait to actually watch the show and see the whole thing right Let's but that's not that's not what this episode's about. That's this not. is about our, our latest adventure in Ireland. This is, this is a long time coming. Yes. This was like planned for November. Moved, Couldn't happen. Moved to maybe January. Realized that was a dumb idea. <laughs> and also because it was no more expensive to move it to January than it was to push it back to March. Right. Which <clears throat> was a much better idea. Much better idea. And we did happen to get to be there at St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> yeah, which wasn't really the goal. Right. Like, I didn't move it to March with that intention. Mm-hmm. I really moved it to March to give us enough time after Costa Rica. Yep. But not so much time where we're like end of March into April. Right. Because that would have been a little much. And um, also the Equinox. So we yes. were also there for that. So right. uh, that was pretty cool. If you had like one takeaway from the entire trip what would it be one takeaway yeah jesus i know it's like i mean now i'm like takeaway about what about like ireland about travel in general i do actually now that you say this uh-huh. <laughs> do you want do you want me to close with this or do you want to talk about the trip first no i want you to say what your takeaway is all right at the top <clears throat> yeah. um i just always appreciate when I am able to find it myself to travel like that and step outside the comfort zone, do something kind of new and different, even though you know it's a place that speaks English, mm-hmm. you didn't have to translate anything. So like the discomfort zone was not quite as if we were going to like Spain or Italy or mm-hmm. France where there would be a language barrier. Um, 
no, just thankful for the opportunity like that we got to do it. Um, and just how travel makes you like a better person if you really yeah. embrace it and kind of do it. Not that like if you were going to like do a five star like tour thing that mm-hmm. like that doesn't make you a good person. I think that's I think all forms of travel are valid in their experience in growth. Growth. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. But? Uh, is there a but? No. Oh, sweet. Wow. <laughs> you like went right to butt. My one takeaway is, uh, you know, I had this realization throughout the trip. And something that's pretty common, at least in my perception, it's pretty common, <laughs> is that different cultures and countries like to have a claim on hospitality. Okay. You yeah, know, I would like, say some do. Yeah. Right. This, Several. You know, this is classic fill in the blank hospitality. This right. is classic fill in the blank hospitality. Yeah. And um, you know, so like that's a general mm. kind of topic that will come up when you travel. It's like, oh well, you know, that's the fill in the blank hospitality right. speaking, right? Lots of places do. Lots I would of agree. places do. I'm I was just thinking of like Western Europe. Like, I don't know if France would claim that. <laughs> but I mean, definitely Ireland. I think right. It yes. comes to mind if you definitely were definitely Italy, me, right? I thought that too. Like um, if you asked me a couple countries, those two would be at the top. Yes, and I would even say that there's like the southern hospitality mm-hmm. kind of aspect. That there is the um, even uh, level of hospitality when you travel to different places in Central America as well. Mm. Like there's this focus on yeah. like really appreciating tourism mm. for what it brings to the area and. Therefore, meeting that gratitude and appreciation with a level of hospitality. Um, so uh, that was just kind of in my field of awareness as we were moving around the country, and then also the um, <laughs> the concept of time. Okay. The concept of time. So, um, something that I found to be really interesting is that I hear a lot like this level of oh well that that's costa rica time you know which oh, okay. essentially is translated into people being late right, right. uh or that's island time right, right? Yeah, that's was, island time i was thinking that because i remember a when i was like in grad school for education one professor told a story about i think he and his wife went to jamaica uh-huh and yeah i think they were waiting for like a car to be repaired or something and essentially, it was the same thing. Like the professor said, the response was, "Soon come, soon come." Yeah, and it just means it'll come when it comes, and there's no sense of like urgency. Right. That's just the time. There's no sense of urgency, exactly. And that was also true in Ireland, which you know is first of all hilarious because we're still going to hear the language around it being island time, not the kind of island that I think about. When I'm thinking about going no. and spending leisurely time on an island. No. And, um, and oh, yeah, that's just Irish time. That's just Irish time, when which did... is the polite way of saying people are freaking late <laughs> or they're just not like time just isn't a thing. So very, very funny, very like laid back. Um, and my and to wrap all this up, my one takeaway is that of all the hospitality that I personally have experienced, mm. my particular flavor <laughs> is Irish hospitality. Oh yeah, I love it. How does it differ from other hospitalities? So 
Something that I, and I do love this about going to Italy is that I, you know, you can have a meeting with someone, you can have an appointment, you can have a lunch, you can have a whatever, and it will take three times as long as it's supposed to take, as it necessarily needs to take to do the thing. Three times as long as if, if you were to just do the thing you were there to do right. and nothing else. Right. Like if you meet somebody for like kind of a business meeting mm. um, locally, you know, you're going to sit down, you're going to have a conversation for an hour. You might have a cup of coffee, like meet at a coffee shop. It's very like, here's the agenda. This is the things. These are the things, right? Um, same, ex- same situation in Italy. And it's like, there's going to be a cappuccino. There's going to be a snack. Would you like to hang out? Like, we're going to talk about everything else first, circle back around right. to what we're here to talk about, and then go on 75 tangents along the way, <laughs> right? I, which I love. I mean, because you know that that's part of mm. the culture and the experience. And so you just surrender to that. You know, like, right. you're not having a one-hour lunch meeting. That's not happening. Right. It's you're not, not. not going to be in and out in 45 No, minutes. no, no. There's no in and out. Um. <laughs> What I loved about Irish hospitality is two things. One was there seemed to be this emphasis on like uh, assuring people that they're that this is good for you, that this whatever you're doing is like this is for your health. This is for your health. Okay, so that was an element of the hospitality. Uh, the dark, dry humor being part of the hospitality. Like I'm going to tell a story. And it's probably going to teeter on dark macabre type of mm-hmm. undertones and will be delivered like it's absolutely nothing to talk about this thing. And uh, and with such like, I mean, no hint of like pretending to be anything that it's not or, um, you know, like putting on a fake maybe it is, maybe it isn't, smile of like sunshininess about something like in the spirit of hospitality. Like it's just like, you're here. That's grand. This is what we're doing. Here's the thing. Drink some beer. It's good for you. Nice and short. Well, also I feel like the the smiles are not disingenuous. Like they will like, and you know, any wit or humor in delivering like that, a story about something macabre or you, that would be a little bit dark. If there's laughter or wit and smiles, it's, it's authentic. It's authentic. Mm-hmm. It's not like trying to like, it's not the uncomfortable like, ha, 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 yeah, this is a little darker. It's like they actually find it a little bit funny. Right. Well, and there just wasn't that like, um, I, I think sometimes in Western American culture and specifically, like there's this idea that um, hospitality and kindness and friendliness comes with this like sweetness of like smile yeah i mean it's like the i think we told the story or talked about this earlier before the difference between like the east coast and the west coast (laughs) where like east coast hospitality would be or you know east coast kindness is you getting a flat tire someone from the east coast sees it will call you a jackass while they help while they fix your tire tire. yeah as opposed to the west coast well they will feign concern and not be helpful. And then like walk away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I think like their their ability to just be with exactly what is without any kind of pretense or putting on a face 
um was really comforting to me and uh and and just how um the like i love dry wit and dark humor <laughs> i love it like i i appreciate that energy for whatever reason <laughs> i mean clearly i married into uh <clears throat> The right family for you, that level you of married comfort. someone <laughs> who has spent their lifetime uh-huh. honing yes the dry sarcastic wit yeah you know? and I, I I I personally love it and find it um, to be it just feels like home it feels it feels very comforting <laughs> when my sister and I get together you just must feel like I love it <laughs> it's so funny it's like hilariously funny non-stop hilariously funny and that's the other part about um what i loved about irish hospitality <clears throat> and maybe maybe i have a biased view because we certainly are walking traveling around the country with the last name o'neill mm. uh and the amount of people that were like you know you're home like how long are you home how long are you home for? How long will you be here? Uh, you know, come back home again, kind of uh, exchange with people. And um, this very like inclusive, like you're a part of of this. Whereas I think that some places, uh, <laughs> and, and rightfully so, because Lord knows nobody um, has any misgivings about my lack of love for my country of origin a lot of places that you travel people are like oh americans like Bleh. oh totally Bleh. Bleh. blame them at all which i don't blame them no you know like awful. we're horrific yeah we're terrible humans half the time and particularly when we're traveling we act like complete buffoons and so um like to hear and to have that response of like it's very clear we are Americans, <laughs> and it wasn't like ugh Americans. It was right. like oh, how yeah. long are you home for? Yeah. You know, and I think that part of that also has to do with just like the history and so many Irish people left and went to America oh, yeah. that it was like that it they don't have necessarily that like turning of the nose up, mm. um, you know, the cuteness of well, isn't the that, next parish over right? The next parish over from is Boston, is Boston, right? Like, you know, so so much cuteness. It's just so cute. I love it. I love Irish hospitality. It's right up my alley. And um, I aspire to have that level of, you know, sure, sit down, have a glass of Guinness. It's good for you. It's good for you. Let me tell you a story about dancing with dead bodies and, uh, you know, waking the dead and um, just the general. So you said stories about dead bodies. I'm like, when did Jimmy talk about dancing with dead bodies? But you're not talking about that. No, okay. no, no, no. So let's start laying these ducks out in a row and okay. say, if we want to go through exactly. Linear time. Linear time is the the only time. <laughs> Unless we do it, you know, we could start at the end. Oh, good periodically God. Periodically return to the beginning. You don't want to do it thematically? Nope. <laughs> I don't want to do anything thematically. History teachers. Which is not true, but not Having arguments. So it started with, you know, I I can't believe how quick that flight was. That was a fast flight. Like, I thought it was going to be six hours at least. No. 
but I, I forget that Ireland is like the first thing you run into when you're flying over there. <laughs> and like, we didn't have to go past that. It sticks was, right out. Was it like four or five hours? I think it was five. Five. Total. It was like, crazy. Literally taxiing to yeah. landing. As my mother would say, door to door. Door to door. Yeah. It was a, uh, must have caught a hell of a tailwind because it was not, it was not long. But then right. we like show up and it's like four in the morning, five in the morning. Exactly. And this stupid thing that I never thought I would do in my life again, mm-hmm. we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> which, we did. Which it'll be worth all the money in the world mm-hmm. the next time. Yep. Because I doubt we're going to ever get a flight over there that's not overnight from where we are. I would be surprised. I would be surprised we left the East Coast any earlier than 6 p.m. to fly. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. It's just in my experience. I don't know. Like I think we could get an early morning flight. You think so? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, which comes with its own bag of shenanigans. <laughs> because then it's like, okay, let's say you have the first flight out in the morning at 7 a.m. You have to be at the airport at 4.30. Right. And, um, you know, so you're already in like this weird sleep, right. lack of sleep zone yeah. because your natural circadian rhythm has been right. messed up. I mean, I would rather, I would do, I would fly that again, but I would, you know, when we got there, we had to kill an hour before we could rent the car. Yep. And then it was still eight in the morning, maybe, and we had hours to kill before we checked in the Airbnb. Yep. In the future, Mm-mm. it's it's going right to wherever we're sleeping, pay for either early check-in or even... The, the night, night before, before mm-hmm. if we're getting there at 5 a.m. and just going right there to sleep. I am i can't believe I was able to pull that off in my 40s. I think yeah. we all did with grace and ease for yeah. the most part. Sure. Um, but yeah, I can't do that again. <laughs> it's just, no, I, I won't do that again. Right. I, 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 I will not do could. that again. Yeah, because like, you know, it's it's like we, we have to, we can't be there until four. What do we do for the next seven or eight hours? Yeah. And... Which is okay. I mean, like, we, we saw some stuff. Bleary-eyed, we saw some stuff. Right, like, we saw I some mean, things. I mean, it wasn't... Uh, Powers Court outside of Dublin. Yeah. It was it was a rough entry. It was a very rough entry. I mean, I felt delirious at one point. Oh, like, totally. Uh, definitely was struggling to keep my eyes open. Right. And... Um, like we saw Powers Court, which is, like... An old castle with an estate and a big garden. It's kind of like, it reminded me of the Boboli Gardens in Florence. Yeah, it did like have that. a Boboli Gardens vibe. Um, it was it was great. I'm glad we got to see it. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It was close to where we were. It killed time before we could go to the Airbnb. It did feel good to like land. And since we couldn't immediately go to sleep, like get outside, go for a walk, yeah. like be in the fresh air. Um, the fresh air. 35 mile per hour wind fresh winds 42 degree air um, yeah that that you know was useful and not probably as useful as uh, right. going to sleep would have yes. been 45 year old me goes back to ireland i'm going from the airport mm-hmm. to a bed to sleep in 100 percent. um yeah. but yeah. well then after like an hour or so like we just went into the car uh-huh. And all reclined our seats and closed our eyes for an hour. Yeah, like, which just... didn't really equal actual sleeping either. No, I mean, I think 30 minutes max, we just closed our eyes just yep. to be able to get from outside of Dublin to Tipperary, Tipperary mm-hmm. 
where we were staying. Yeah. 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 I mean, and, and also, you know, traveling with Jess, like she's always gung ho and willing to do the driving and, um, which is amazing. And also like crazy (laughs) because we get off an overnight flight. We have not slept at all. And, driving on the opposite side of the road on the opposite side of the car with a standard yeah it wasn't until like i had spent the week basically watching Mm -hmm. and like seeing the roads yeah like it was a week later where i thought to myself maybe i could do this oh i 100 percent could drive on the wrong side of the road it was i was unwilling to do it with a stick shift right you know like i'm not mm -mm. (laughs) i I even thought relearning standard i could figure that out like it wasn't. I looked at him like I could probably figure this out. It's not impossible, right? It wouldn't be the funnest couple of first hours, no. Um, but it would be doable. Yeah. Um, I thought that. Yeah. But yeah, but I mean, f- anything is figure outable. And again, like, I'm just not 25. Well, yeah, and also, how much do we want to have to figure out if we're going on vacation? <laughs> I know. Like, like I we know. just with my my previous statement about stepping outside comfort zones and that makes you a better person when you're traveling. Also, like I don't want to do that at that a, level. At that level on a trip, right. no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I definitely um felt like pushed to to maximum discomfort level multiple times. Uh, and and like you said at the beginning, like thank the goddess that we were in. A country where it was there wasn't also a language ba- barrier, also like you know trying to figure out all of these other details, yep. <clears throat> simply because of the nature of the culture of Ireland and um, you know being able to speak English to pretty much to every to anyone mm-hmm. and everyone all the right. time. Um, but there was yeah, it was it was a extra special level of discomfort. The Airbnb for the first half of the trip. <laughs> Well, it, it took us forever to find it because apparently they don't do addresses in Ireland. Like the addresses are just not what you would think. Do they do like coordinates, like Star Trek style? Like I don't. Uh, yeah, there was, was a little like bit that. of that, and like this, um, you know, eight-digit number that, which, well, number slash letters that designates what your house is, which in theory should be perfect you'd think you would think you'd like think. a very particular specific set of letters and numbers that could pinpoint mm-hmm. a very narrow like place instead of a random number or a street <clears throat> or a street that's not labeled right or labeled poorly in the irish countryside there's like very few street signs but it did take like once we knew once we found it yeah we had probably passed it four times At going least. up and down the road yeah. to the point where we pulled into some dude's house knocked on his door and jess was like do you know this farm do you know where it is and irish hospitality he's like in fact i'll drive you there yeah he just got in his just car just follow me and, he, and we followed him and it was incredible 10 minutes down the road not even and mm-hmm. we were there so Thank God for that. Yeah. So it was a rough, it was a rough entry in, um, there were various things with the Airbnb that, you know, like are just different. Like Mm. everything from how you work a shower to, uh, in this particular Airbnb, um, there was not, and, 
it, it wasn't an obvious way to turn on things like the hot water in the kitchen right. or the oven. Like there was a yeah. special switch uh, and some Airbnb type places like they'll leave you a book mm-hmm. with the instructions of right. all the things. Yeah. No such book existed in this Airbnb. Or if there was, we didn't find it. <laughs> we definitely didn't find it. No. And, you know, and it's funny because sometimes I overly romanticize things, right? Like Sometimes? <laughs> That's your baseline. And I was like, oh my God, this is the O'Neill house in Tipperary. How do we not rent this house? And so (laughs) that's the house that I chose. And it was the Hot Mess Express, this O'Neill house. I mean, it was very cute. It was very like, if you want to go stay in Ireland and stay at a place that is like authentic country cottage. Mm. Yeah. Nailed it. Right. Only thing that was missing was the thatched roof. Yeah. And yet it was a little bit too much in that direction for a landing place after Uh, having not slept after driving across the entire country. Right. Like I didn't, I don't know. I didn't think it was that terrible. It wasn't terrible. At all. Like it wasn't terrible. At all. Like I, it was. I don't know. This is like where I'm willing to just totally deal with almost anything. Yeah. So like, there's nothing on like, this is unbearable. I'm like, there's a roof, there is hot water, we have an oven and a refrigerator. Like, yeah. let's not say this is like awful because it's fine. And it and, did have a cute little fireplace. Yeah. And we got to sit next to the fire every night, which I did love yeah. that aspect of it. I mean, the first day we got back, we got there at like 4.30 something. We ended up going food shopping and then it was seven o'clock. I'm like, can I go to bed yet? I'm like, let's try to wait until nine. I'm like, screw that. <laughs> and I went to bed at like 7.45, 8 o'clock mm-hmm. and woke up the next morning at 10.30. 10.30. Yeah. I haven't slept that late in 20 years. 10.30. And the the thing is, is like, I didn't wake up at 10.30 and feel like rested. <laughs> no. Like I woke up, <laughs> I woke up, saw my phone i'm like holy jeebus it's 10 30 and then i think i rustled a little bit which woke you up and you were like honey do you know what time it is and i was like no <laughs> actually you said to you you will you ro- opened your eyes and you were so proud of yourself you were like honey top of the morning oh to i ya. did say top of the morning like, to no, you. no 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 it is 10 30 <laughs> it's the bottom of the morning yeah <clears throat> Uh, I was very proud of that you in were. that moment. It was pretty funny. And it was very late. It was. It was. We got to experience really authentic driving through the Irish countryside at like so many moments. <clears throat> One being that like there's there's stone walls everywhere and mm-hmm. you cannot see around them. Yeah. Any turn that's yeah. at all remotely curvy yeah, and especially if, like mm, if no idea if there's a car coming if it's some, if it's any sort of van hopefully you can see over the you, wall you and you can, can see, see it them. coming yeah if it's any type of sedan not so much not so much and there were a lot of times where i was just in the back seat and just like oh my yeah. god oh my god that was close uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> the roads are extraordinarily narrow yeah and um you know first full awake day of like being in ireland and uh we were on this country road we were we were detoured uh due to road work well oh yeah i mean well where are we trying to go we were trying to go to 
We're the trying to go to the Rock of Cashel and then down to Kinsale. Right. Mm-hmm. And this trip, I mean, first full day, right? Like we finally get out at like noonish. This is the day we slept until 1030. Yep. And it's a pretty typical Irish early afternoon. Like it's pretty overcast. Yep. It's raining. It's Ish. not like downpouring. Spitting. It's Spitting. misting, right? It's Spitting. Very, it's almost like I would be disappointed if it was sunny and 65 degrees. <laughs> be disappointed. And then the the first like day of driving, my first thoughts were, if you ever watch a movie set in Ireland, rural Ireland particularly, there's always a scene, especially if there's an American in it, um, and they're driving, and like the 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 stupid American or whatever, it's like there's that, you know, almost hitting cars that are coming your way, driving yeah. on the wrong side of the road, uh-huh. or any other kind of trope you see about driving in Ireland. I'm like, there's a reason they exist, and I'm learning all these reasons right now. <laughs> Absolutely, the roads are small, the weather is kind of rainy, mm-hmm. and they all can't hold all the traffic that may be there at once. Particularly when part of that traffic is basically a tractor trailer. Yeah. I mean, maybe not as big. Maybe not an 18-wheeler. Right. And a tractor trailer. Yes. I mean, gigantic. We were trying to drive to Kinsale. Yes. And we were going down this road that was pretty much a one car. If you looked at this in America, you would say this is a one car This is a one-way road. This is one way. I mean, it's wide enough for one car. Yeah. And you just got to kind of scooch. You both scooch and you can pass. But as we were going down this road, we noticed up ahead there were cars that were stopped. And I think a car that was in the line in front of us, maybe about 100 yards, not no, not even, 50 yards, it either turned around or it was just going reverse yeah. all the way back. <laughs> and as it passed us, the driver rolled down the window and said that there's a tractor trailer coming. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this is the... I mean, if you if this was really going to be an Irish traffic jam, it would have mm-hmm. been a herd of sheep on the road. Yeah. But I guess a 21st century, more likely to be some sort of cute, though. truck. Right. I mean, the sheep just got to wait and they'll walk by. But this is like, okay, we have to make room because mm-hmm. this thing can't fit with us where we are. Right. So we try to pull over to the left-hand side of the road as best we can. Even so much where our car is a little tilted because the the passenger side wheels are up a little bit into this little ditch slash hill. Like we were. That then runs into a stone wall. Right. Like, because there's stone walls everywhere. And those stone walls are often also then covered in some kind of shrubbery. Shrubbery, vines, something. So it's like, you. there's only so far over to the left yeah. you can go before you're hitting a, Stone wall. Stone wall. So we're we're pulled over. There's a car in front of us. I think pulled over as best it could, mm-hmm. and we see this enormous <laughs> truck just coming down the road very slowly. Yeah, it's trying to navigate and maneuver around the cars and and fit. And because there was a car or two in front of us, like we were all on the left hand side of the road. Yep. And this one car I tried to pull over, but did it on the right hand side. Yeah. Which then means this tractor trailer had to like figure eight serpentine serpent around yeah. this when it could have just gone straight. And when yep. it tried to do that. It got stuck. It got stuck. Like we even tried to reverse a little bit to give <clears throat> it more room. Mm-hmm. And then it got stuck. It got stuck in the mud. And being Americans, we had a very American reaction to this, especially when we saw the driver get yeah. out of the car. We're like, rawr, rawr. We're like, oh my God. And 
he walks by. It's and so our, cute. And our window was down. He's just like, well, this is what you call a hardship, isn't it? Like, oh, you're very upbeat about this, sir. You're very just totally chill you're with totally like the fine. fact that your giant ass truck is stuck in the mud on the side of some tiny ass road. It's raining. And you're like. And we were almost boxed in. Yeah. Couldn't go forward. Yep. And the car behind us wasn't really going. But then eventually we started to do like a 17 point turn around. To turn around. And we eventually got out and turned around basically yeah. while this car with this truck is stuck. But it was, we were probably 10 meters from being very, very stuck. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but then we drive around and try to go a different way. Get turned around because there's road work. So yeah. we then we decided to abandon the plan of going to Keschel, Rock of Keschel and Kinsale. Instead, decided to drive to Waterford. But before we get two minutes into that trip, we see the truck. It's unstuck. Yep. He had been stuck for 10 minutes, Max. Yep. He figured it out. He figured it out. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, 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 I was flabbergasted that it did not take as long as I thought for that truck to become unstuck and on his way. Yeah. It was crazy. It was really, really remarkable. Um, and, we, and we did a little you know, switching of the plans and went to Waterford and went on a factory tour of Waterford Crystal Factory, which I don't particularly have like, or I didn't have a, a particular like, ooh, Crystal, you know. <laughs> I love shiny, sparkly things and I love uh, things that are just gorgeous for the sake of being gorgeous and um, didn't have a big affinity to it. And yet, I love a factory tour. Right. I thought the same thing too, or I thought this would be neat. I'm sure it'd be fine. You know, mm-hmm. it's got a lot of history to it. And the fact that they produce this stuff by hand. Amazing. By master craftsmen. And like is worth people who out. are training to be these master craftsmen glass crystal cutters for like eight years. Like eight years. Yeah, like four years of being so apprentice. Remarkable. More years of being the craftsman and yep. then after a couple years you're a master it's wild the tests that they have to take like it's just really really incredible right because there's like a, a certain amount of cuts if you're going to be a cutter of the glass which yeah. like apparently if you're going to be a master in one that's the only one you do or something like that but i thought was cool is that when you're going to take your test to be a master everyone makes the same piece because this one bowl encompasses every part of the process you know that it could possibly have so if you can do this one thing that's got all these different parts you'll a master which i thought was which i thought was cool yeah and i also always love a factory tour those are always always i always forget how i'm my mind is blown and find it so interesting yeah um never really disappointed but that was the first time in this trip and there were other times where i was just in awe of the idea of like like being having a craft mm-hmm. and being a craftsman, whether that was glass, I don't know, anything else. I mean, again, whiskey, yeah. <laughs> which I thought of when we went on the Bushmills tour. Mm-hmm. But I just thought like just the just the sheer awe of learning and being a master in a trade or a craft to that level. And yeah. I, I ran into that thought a couple times. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's remarkable. I had the thought too when we went to the Titanic Museum because you know, they were kind of going through the different trades that people right. had. Now, this was in Belfast. In Belfast. Yeah. So I, I had the same thought multiple times of like, this is your, you know, kind of zeroed in focus and 
Uh, we don't say that a whole lot, you know, right, like yeah. people are kind of jacks of all trades kind yeah. of thing and, and have a lot of like rando skills. Um, so that was pretty cool. We also went to a medieval museum in Waterford, yeah, that was cool. which was beautiful. Yeah. And that again, I, I am reminded when I see things like that, because there was like a little video and all the exhibits that explain the history of in Waterford, particularly the English involvement yep. in Waterford and just hearing the names like William Marshall, like mm-hmm. during like the crusades and like another King Henry the third, I think. Right. Yep. And what went on with like the idea of like trade in the ports and like setting up different ports to get around the taxes and fees and stuff. And it's like, I've heard of all these people have never heard anything about their involvement in Ireland or Waterford. And you wouldn't have learned that unless you were there. Like there's very right. rarely would you pick up if you're going to read a book on it. A lot of times they may gloss over stuff right. like that, but because you're in the location that happened, they, they, they dive accentuate deep. They their accentuate. involvement. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like and it wasn't untrue, like right. all this stuff, but I wouldn't have learned it anywhere else, which is another thing I love is just like, I wouldn't have learned this if I wasn't here. And well, it's fascinating. <clears throat> it brought me back to, you know, <laughs> brace yourself. Oh God. Don't say thematic. I, I'm not going to say thematic. It did bring me back to my undergrad. Okay. Specifically in education, not in history. And talking a lot about the importance of place-based education, how this is a whole like pedagogical, you know, way of viewing and theory of learning mm-hmm. and, and the belief around like it's one thing to explain something mm. and how it has happened in a particular place. Or uh, it's even another level to try to like reenact and to do a thing. And it's, you know, field trips right. and being exposed to things in the place that they happened is so much more important than like, oh yeah, like let's take the freshman class on a field trip to a thing. Right. You know, like yeah. it's so pivotal the level of learning that happens when you are in the place where the thing yeah. happened. Yeah. I mean, and more likely they will go into more detail than learning this in a, in a place or manner where it didn't happen. Right. Yeah. Well, and when you think about it, like, you know, from a, from a yogic perspective, like the energy that is in a place is the energy that's in a place. And you can't recreate that level of, yeah energy you know you can look at pictures online of the cliffs of more you can right. look at pictures of new grange you can look at all of these things and you don't have you know the visceral energetic experience of being in that place where these things actually happened if you don't go there right it's totally different to yeah. just read about it and see photos of it in a textbook yeah and it makes it so much more real and so much like it brings it into a present body embodied moment awareness of learning and you don't get that when you don't travel well i think that when i see if i've been to like and use the roman empire as an example like go anywhere in europe western europe you can see a roman aqueduct ruin temple something like that and of course like you know the big stuff is often in like rome but then, like, you go to, like, to northwestern France. Like, here's a, this is the remains of a Roman temple. And you're like, wow, this shit really was everywhere. You know what everywhere. I mean? It gives you a, a different yeah. appreciation of the scope sometimes of, mm-hmm. of things like that. Um, yeah. So, what would you, uh, 
Waterford, I, I mean, I'm so glad we went. You could do it in a day. Oh, yeah. Easy. And see everything, you know. Mm-hmm. I would definitely, if you like factory tours and medieval history, I think it's a good thing to check out. Yeah. And I think also, you know, and every place says this when you're getting ready to travel to Ireland, if you're reading up on tips, <laughs> is to be prepared like with what you're wearing you know like you don't go to ireland for the weather you don't go to ireland for the weather so if you want to walk around a little town and you want to like you want to have a waterproof jacket on you want to have solid shoes boots um <laughs> you know and and be prepared for the damp <laughs> was that your irish accent? that's my irish accent be prepared for the damp <laughs> good. what do we do after waterford like what was the next day? Yeah, uh, we went to the Cliffs of Moher. Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. Too. And then I cried. You did. You openly wept. I openly wept at the at the Cliffs of Moher, and for good reason. They're beautiful. I mean, it was just it checks a lot of boxes for me. Yeah, but yeah, I can see you tearing up right now. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. <laughs> like, you know, cliffs, ocean, so some kind of like elevation, mm. mountains. I'm a big fan team mountain and um, salt water um and just the green that is everywhere right yeah i just was strikingly oh, green over there so, so beautiful. beautiful like come home and just everything looks like poop color yeah and it was just it's everything was so sweaty. green and bright and ah oh, yeah I just was overcome. <laughs> yes. It was beautiful. And they must, I mean, I was there literally 22 years ago. And what's nice to see are places like this and all over are getting an upgrade. Yeah. As far as the, you know, museum facilities, all mm-hmm. that stuff. Like they're getting a 21st century remodel where not only are like the buildings new, but like a lot of exhibits and stuff are like digital. Yep. Um, like exhibitions and stuff that really go a long way in explaining. So like I, I could have stood in front of that. Like there was this display on uh, like the weather <laughs> in Ireland about like why it's rainy, you know, like in this like weather patterns, which I found, I found interesting. Mm-hmm. And his presentation was, was great. You know, it was, was really sharp. Yeah. And I really love um, the, just kind of like the setup. I, Personally, I think that I would always prefer to spend money, to give money to things like anything that would fall under the umbrella of like a national park or, Mm, uh, you know, preserving natural landscape Mm -hmm. thing um, along with museums, libraries, like, you know, happy, so happy to to put money in that direction. And so... You know, I remember um, reading somewhere online, just people kind of being like, well, you know, you can, you can skip all of that. Like you, you can park at this place, you can walk up the, the, Mm. you know, the edge of the cliffs and you don't have to like pay the fee. Right. And, you know, like we live in a place where there are so many state parks Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's an expense to pay like $8 yeah. every time you want to go to a park. And it's like, this is what helps keep 
things preserved and keep, you know, a level of maintenance and also respect for the sustainability of this landscape. Like human beings are gross. parasites who like take over and leave garbage everywhere and you know like unfortunately we can't be left to our own devices and um there was a lot of damage and debris and things like that happening at the cliffs and uh and also dangerous i mean it's well yeah i think i'm not sure how much of the barrier that was there i'm sure it must have been there 20 years ago there's no way it's that new um, but yeah, I am totally willing to pay. Like, you know, you're not really paying to park. You're paying to help preserve and yeah. maintain a space like this. So people like can see it and not destroy it. Right? right. It's like, if, you know, I'm paying. So like the same amount of people can see it and it can still stay beautiful. Yeah. 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 Can't miss three out of three triangles. Three out of three triangles. hundred oh, percent. We also went to... Uh, Bridget's well on oh, yeah. one Is of it? them. There's a there's a few of them in the country, and we went to one. Yep, and uh, it was really beautiful. It was, um, you know, there it it just always. I always just find it so amazing when people show up in that way, and it feels like pilgrimage. You know, mm-hmm. like you show up for this. Uh, place that has such deep history and um shifted and changed history and different narratives and stories and uh you know of course everywhere it says saint bridget's well Mm. and we know her as the goddess we do we do yeah and you took water from the well i did which i like i have it i know it made it all the way home I'm like what are you doing and i laugh at that but i was also a goofball that 10 years ago took a, a handful of dirt from the coliseum in rome like like I was Maximus from Gladiator. Yeah. So I shall not judge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always going to take all of the holy waters that I can find. <laughs> it's kind of brown. I don't know what you're going to do with it. Um, I will use it. Good. I will make medicines with it. Like to ingest? Yeah. Ooh. Why is it? Ooh. It's, is it safe? Honey, you just put like a couple of drops in. And medicines yeah. are made with alcohol. Okay. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. I'm not going to give uh, you a shot of Bridget's well water. <laughs> thank you, because that would that would keep me in this house for days. What did we do after the cliffs? Was that when we went to Dingle? Yeah, the next day. Yeah. Next well, day. that night we went to Bunratty Castle, and we oh, was had it? the that was yeah. that night. Yeah. Oh, that's right. On the way back, we did Bunratty Castle. And for the love of God and all that is holy, Dirty Nellies. Dirty Nellies. Oh my God. We did. We went to Dirty Nellies first. And then yeah. the cool thing about Bunratty Castle, I mean, the, the dinner was cute. It was very kitschy and very like touristy. And if you go in knowing that, then like oh, you su- will not be disappointed. Super fun. Super right. fun. Um, like a medieval times, but not nearly as over the top sticky. Oh yeah, and it was way. I would say it was way more authentic than. Oh yeah, like medieval times. You know, I mean, there were people God. like we're in an actual castle for uh, one. <laughs> right, an actual castle. People <laughs> are like performing and singing songs and playing instruments, and like, you are really close to everyone. Oh yeah, you know, it was a packed hall of people. It was, it was awesome. Um, the wine was flowing like mead. Was it good? I didn't have any wine. It was good. It was a white wine. Yeah, but, um, the mead we had. The mead was upon good. our entry. 
was delicious. It was delicious. Yes, I also cried great. at the castle. You did. Um, it was a tearful day. <laughs> I was also day was probably with, still really tired, filled with emotion. Yeah. And well, all right, okay. First, we did Dirty Nellies, which I think even while we were still at the cliffs, I sent my mom a picture of us at the cliffs of more. Yes. My mother's response was, your Aunt Kathy wants to know if you're going to Dirty Nellies. Because when I was in Ireland 22 years ago, I was on a we were on a trip from spring break from college, stayed in Dublin mostly. One day, me and my friends decided to take a train and bus trip across the West, see the Cliffs of Moher, stopped at Bunratty Castle and Dirty Nellies, which were right next to each other. So this stop, we had about half an hour, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. So the choice was, you go and see Bunratty Castle or go into Dirty Nellies. I had a choice. So I thought to myself, I'm going to do the responsible thing. <laughs> there are pubs in Dublin. I've seen many of them. Mm-hmm. And we'll continue to see more when I get back there tonight. I'm going to check out this castle. And after the trip, we went to my grandmother's house because it was Easter. Like Easter must have been early April, right? So they knew I was going to Ireland, showed pictures, talked about the trip. Nana mentions Dirty Nellies in the presence of like aunt and uncle's cousins and says- Because your grandparents went there. Because they went there. Mm-hmm. And this was a thing. And they said, did you go into Dirty Nellies? I said, no. And just like the audible disgust. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what? No, you didn't go. And what are you doing? I'm like, what? What if so? What? What did I do? Well, so it was a thing that I have not let down and was eager to rectify mm-hmm. the second I could. And granted, we went in there. It was a cool pub. It was a cool pub. Now, with all the talk about it, you even asked me, you said, what is with your Dirty family Nellies. in this place? Yeah. Like, is there a thing? And I asked my mother and she says, Nana and Pop-Up went in there. They would want, they wanted you to go in there too. Like, so nothing. So like when I walk in, I'm not going to see their picture on the wall. Right. Anything like that. O'Neill's. No. No. Lounge. Yeah. (laughs) So (laughs) the Tom and Dot's corner of Dirty Nelly's. Which is hilarious because like Dirty Nelly's of all places. Um, how many things did we drive by that said O'Neill's? Like, oh, lots. How many pubs? How many? Several. I mean, there was a O'Neill's pottery at Bunratty Castle. Yeah, they weren't true. like, did you go into O'Neill's pottery at Bunratty <laughs> Castle? They're like, did you go into Dirty Nelly's? <laughs> it's just so funny. It is funny. And the story behind Dirty Nelly is really cool too. So everybody look up Dirty Nelly. Dirty with a D-U-R-T-Y. She's <laughs> dirty. 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 So we did Dirty Nelly's. Then we went into Bunratty Castle, which is a living history museum. Oh my God. Which is right up our alley. Oh my God. So all of the buildings, all like of the houses, all the shops. And they actually had like, again, shops. Yep. O'Neill's Pottery, which I think you bought some earrings bought and some stuff. things right? yeah. there. So we got to see that. I mean, that was before the dinner. So it was like closing or closed to the public and we got to kind of wander around almost by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then went, which was awesome. And then went to the castle and uh, for the dinner, which was a good time. It was fun. Yeah, it was really, really lovely um, and hilarious on so many levels. Uh, and they did, you know, they did have vegetarian options for oh, me, did, which yeah. was comical. Um, we should have tried that. What is it, brisket or the ribs? 
It definitely was not. Oh my eat god, ribs. that meat just never going to happen. Fell off the bone. They're little it baby piggies. So good though. Can't do it. Oh my god, it couldn't was, do it. It was delish. I did sit in front of the entire tray of ribs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so like you know it's always hilarious when traveling and trying to find things that are vegetarian and was it as hard as i thought it might be no that's good i mean and i eat fish so i'm not vegetarian i'm pescatarian or Ugh, fuck. jesus christ who so, cares right so um i can always default to fish on the menu like it's not right. that hard yeah. uh, but typically a place like this where you pay a fee the dinner is what the dinner is like eh, like they they might be like well here's some vegetables that have been soaking in chicken juice for the past mm. seven hours yeah. um but they were very very sweet like they brought me my own vegetables that had not right. been soaked in yeah. chicken juice uh they <laughs> i think like one of the courses because it was like multi-course yeah they're like five total. yeah one of the courses was cantaloupe with strawberries. And I think that that was the equivalent of your chicken course. <laughs> it was very strange. Or maybe your ribs course. Yeah. And then oh, the, the so next good. course was, um, I got a quiche. Yeah. Right. I got a little quiche, which is uh, adorable. I don't think it's that hard. I bet 20 years ago. Oh, God. It would have been much more difficult, if yep. not impossible, to get vegetarian options. I mean, I think if you're willing to eat eggs and fish, though, there's right. usually those things. And I think this day and age, it's it's a much more common yeah. thing that lots of more places are accommodating. So, yeah, I wasn't really worried for you about that. I thought you would be able to eat and not have to default to any sort of meat that you didn't want to have. I mean, I wasn't expecting defaulting to meat. I was expecting defaulting to potatoes potatoes <laughs> potatoes uh, lots and lots of potatoes which which wasn't the case no yeah potatoes. so <clears throat> after the bunratty dirty nelly's mm-hmm. cliffs then we went to dingle then we went to dingle first st patrick's hey friends we're gonna stop there for this week come back next week for part two of the ireland adventure for mutual victory And Jeannie, this is Matt. Thanks, everyone.